Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kenton Gibbs. And I told y'all, I don't fancy myself as a draft expert. I know a little bit of something about a lot of bit of something, but that's another story for another time. That is why I defer to the experts when I'm talking about these matters. And with everything that happened um, Thursday through Sunday, we were a little, I think we were all a little shocked and surprised that more NC State players didn't get drafted. And so I have one Ryan Roberts from Rise and Draft to talk about that on today's episode of Locked on Wolfpack. You are Locked on Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, I just want y'all to know this. For anybody who would dare question Ryan's credentials, he is a millennial with a child. Do you know the type of responsibility and focus and effort that alone takes? Okay, that alone should give him credibility in everybody's eyes. Because, I mean, I'm just saying, they're telling us that we're killing the childcare market. And I'm I'm contributing to that. I got seven nephews and nieces. You ain't going to see no kids be popped out over here. But anyway, Ryan, how you doing, man? How's everything going for you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Fresh off the draft, get to relax a little bit, and I appreciate you as always for having me on, man. It's uh, I know not as many NC State players this year as probably you know fans would have hoped for, but I think a couple of UDFA guys that are going to surprise a little bit, and then for, looking forward to 2023. I think there's a lot of guys that have some potential. So absolutely, and we're going to talk about both of those. But but while yeah. I got you here, I just need to talk to you about two picks that absolutely like they <laughs> the two first round picks that had me like what. And one of them, the Jags are going to jag. But Trayvon Walker at number one, did that Did that feel a little high to you? Was that, Or was that something that you were like, eh, it makes sense. This is this is not a Jags going to jags moment. This was like a he was in that rarefied air to begin with. I, I think it was a tough year to be picking in the top five to ten in general because I don't think it's the most top-heavy class of all time. So I, I think that the Jaguars got into a situation where I I, I truly believe that Trent Bulky was trying to move back. I think that's kind of why you heard yeah. – might be Aiden Hutchinson, might be Trayvon Walker. There's two other mystery guys that, you know, in this last press conference could also be in play for number one. I think he was trying to generate as much interest as possible. Unfortunately, in the year that just did not have a quarterback, you're going to take number one overall. Nobody's going to bite for that proposition, right? So yeah. they're, they're in a tough situation where they have Trevor Lawrence, they have their quarterback in place. What are you going to do with number one pick? For a while, I and I bought into it that it was going to be Aiden Hutchinson because I thought that they were just going to go for like the really high baseline, high floor type of conversation. But they ultimately went for the traits. And ultimately, if I was making the pick, it would have been Kayvon Thibodeau or it would have been Evan Neal, personally for me. That would have been where I would have went with it if I could not have gotten out of number one. They ultimately ended up taking Trevon, who, like, let's not, I mean, let's be honest about it for a second. At 6'5", 272 pounds, 4'5", 140, 40-inch vert. Like, freaky athlete. Like, there's no right. doubt, man. Right. Like, he's he's got upside. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about it. I think that the Jaguars talked themselves into it because in a year that's not incredibly top-heavy, let's take a gamble on traits. And, like, I can understand the conversation for that point. But, I mean, the the, the point blank to it, though, is that he, he's not worthy of a number one overall pick right now. He's just not. Like, and I think in a typical year, he's a mid-to-late first-round pick just based off the of traits. And he got pushed because it's just not a great draft up the top. And I'm really worried now because I heard this morning, and we'll see how it works out, 
that because I think in the perfect world, Trevon Walker is going to play between a even and an odd man front, and he's going to be mm-hmm. a guy that's going to play some five, he's going to play four, four I, even kick him down to three in some, yeah. so, you know, in some Pass rush situations and whatnot. Ex- I got you. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that using his versatility is the best option for him at his size and his length. I mean, because 35 and a half inch arms, I mean, that guy's going to be a, 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 tough guy to handle against tight ends blocking down. Like it's going to be a really tough situation for them. So I w- would like them to see him in that role. And that's why I assume that Jacksonville is going to kind of do, but now there's talking points that he might be a stand up outside linebacker rusher in, the, in their defense. And if that is the truth, then man, I cannot get on board with the pick at all. Cause it was already shooting for the stars and, and betting on potential. But if you're also going to play him out of position, it feels eerily similar and it's not the same player. So I'm not trying to like coin them the same, but it reminds me of when Trent Bulky took Solomon Thomas out of Stanford to go w- with the 49ers, right? He played mm-hmm. three tech basically yes. and, and played in some odd man fronts also at Stanford. And then they're like, no, we're going to make him an edge. And it's not it's just not what he is. So I, I'm worried that they're going to make Trayvon something he's not right now. And the, the most confusing thing about that is the, the fact that um, is when you when you watch him play, I think on film, I think the best thing he does is he anchors down against the run. Like most guys that run as fast as he did, they have a lot of quick twitch muscles. They're really good on the edge. But they're, when you ask them, hey, this is your C-guy. I don't care if it's a power. I don't care if they got two coming at you. I don't care if they're trapping you. You you're gotta you're gonna wrong on that trap. You're gonna feel the C-guy. That's you know, but the the next one, the mm-hmm. strangest pick of the first round you know where i'm going you know what i mean I, I i was debating between strangest pick or something about dr strange the strange to the patriots at 24 you know charles i mean uh, sean mcveigh made a joke about it uh talking about how he said they wasted time watching film on him thinking he was gonna be there at 104 is is bill belichick the gm okay does he does he need help what's going on <laughs> Oh, man, it was such a weird pick. And I actually said this, this little play on words there with the strange pick to my co-host. And he like he laughed me off the set and he was like, don't don't ever come back with that. So I'm happy that someone can reverberate. I know you're not a dad, but can reverberate the dad joke there, man. Oh, like, I've, I, I've I, got I, dad jokes. I've got dad jokes for days. You know what I mean? I've already got the, the dad jeans. The only thing I'm missing is the air monarchs and the child. Those are the only right. two parts that I'm missing. But don't worry, the dad jokes are coming. Well, I'm, I'm happy for you, man, that you get to save a little money, you know, without without the child uh, type of responsibility, oh, yeah. man. Sure. It is for a killer sure. to the wallet, for sure. But, I mean, to, to Cole Strange, it, the shame of it is, is that I really like Cole. I would have mm-hmm. drafted him in the second round. I would have been very happy because I think he's – he reminds me a little bit of Evan Mathis that used to play with the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, I think that right. he's going to be a really good guard for a long time. Can even play center. He went to Senior Bowl, and I thought he had a pretty good week at center overall for a player that had started every game – at guard, I think he may have started like one or two at left tackle too during his career, but he was a majority of guard during his time at Chattanooga. So I, I was like, you know, mid to late second round for potential starter down the road. That's what I was looking at. We know that Bill Belichick beats to the, uh, you know, walks to the beat of his own drum, right? Like he marches to the beat of his own drum. There's no doubt about it. And the Seattle Seahawks are usually the team that you're like, what the heck are you doing? But they picked ninth and they actually made a pick that was like, oh, that makes sense. Makes that's sense. that's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So somebody had to make up for the weirdness, right? And it's a shame for Cole because I think he's going to get knocked a little bit. I mean, you have to give the, the pick like a, a D, right? Because it's like that's one, I don't know if that's the biggest position of need for the New England Patriots. Two, you're yeah. drafting a kid from the FCS that was probably more of a day two type of player at pick 29. So like the value isn't great either. The fact of the matter is, is I do think Cole's going to be a good player long-term for the New England Patriots just should not have been taken at 29. Like that. It's just the point blank period to it. Not only did they do that, 
I know we're not going into it too much, but like they took Tyquan Thornton in the second round, who I had a day through grade on. I'm like, I understand the speed aspect to him as a wide receiver, but like he's not ready to contribute right now. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. for everything that Bill is, and Bill is a great coach, there's no doubt. And he's really good at signing players that find roles in his defense and his offense. And he he plays to their strengths so well. But for all that that he is, that's great. He's not a good drafter. Like, he just not. Now, you can just look at the background, and he's he's just historically not done very well as, as a drafter. Okay. All righty. Well, Wolfpack fans, I know that y'all are tired of sitting through us talking about other people. I needed to talk to somebody about those two picks, and we've got them here. So we, we had to talk about those picks. And don't worry. We are going to get it going about the NC State players in just a second. Stay with us, all right? So, right, now we've got to talk about the NC State guys and how everything shook out, okay? I, I don't think that Big Ick being the first offensive player off the board was a surprise to anybody. I, th- I think that that's right where everybody had him pick. I don't, I don't think that uh, in, a, in a year where the quarterback class was so bad that quarterback thirst didn't even make anybody super reach for a quarterback. I mean, you maybe could say that Pitt reached – I meant that the Steelers reached for Kenny Pickett, maybe, but – you can't really say that any any of the other quarterbacks went like, huh? Well, no. why would you draft them there? So, so with that being said, uh, talk about Big Ick for a second and, and what you thought of the pick with him heading back to his hometown of Charlotte. I mean, it, it hits it hits a easy need for the. I was happy. Well, let's start here. Carolina Panthers. I thought they were going to push for. I thought they were going to reach for a quarterback, and I was so terrified for them because I think it would just been the most counterproductive thing ever. Because then it would have gotten into a and nobody in this class is Justin Fields, but I would have had Justin Fields vibes for a second with Matt Nagy as a lame duck head coach in his final year. Just like that's not going to work, right? And it's not going to work for Matt Rule if that would have been a situation. I was happy they said nope, we're not going to do that. Well, if worse, we'll stick with Darnold. Maybe we'll get into the veteran quarterback market with a Garoppolo or a. Baker Mayfield, like maybe we'll do that. But either way, we're going to draft the left tackle and we're going to draft our guy. So the 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 standpoint of that, I think, was fantastic. You mm-hmm. went after a need. You didn't force a quarterback. I was like, cool, cool, cool. I personally would have probably taken Evan Neal. That's just my personal preference. Mm-hmm. But I can't push against it too much because you pit you put up you picked a player, and the biggest the best thing about Ikemaquano, in my opinion, is he is a tone setter. He's a Absolutely. he's he's a He's a program setter at the offensive line, man. Like he is going to change the mentality of that offensive line instantly for a Carolina Panthers team that, you know, Christian McCaffrey has been banged up obviously over the last couple of years, but they don't have an identity. Like even when they have Christian, it's just Christian, 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 Christian. Let's change the identity a little bit. Even if Christian is not healthy fully, you're going to be able to run the ball better instantly with the Nick McQuano. And I think that the fact that I imagine them being a heavy run team as well I'm not the biggest fan of, of Icky as far as like being a pure, a pure vertical 45 degree setter. Like I'm not the biggest fan of him in that sense. But as a jump setter, a guy that's going to just be dominant in the run game, he's ready made, man. Easy yeah. first round selection. There's no doubt about it. He can make multiple Pro Bowls. He is a physical, physically imposing player, and he is a guy that I also think could play left tackle, left guard, right guard, right tackle. He can play all across the board wherever he fits. Which at pick six, you could say. We're literally going to get our best five on the field because this guy can play anywhere across the offense line. Obviously, he's drafted to play left tackle. I think he's going to set a tone early on for this offense. They're going to have a different identity just because Ike McQuan is a part of the team. And you know what? I, I said the same thing as far as he has the position versatility that mm-hmm. you absolutely love, and that's what you want at this that high of a pick. Rarely ever, the only exceptions that you see 
are quarterbacks and Mike linebackers that have like no versatility as far as like the different things that they should be doing. And you still draft them that high. That's it. That's if you draft a corner that high, they need to be able to play outside. They need to be able to play in the slot. They need to be mm-hmm. able to follow that. You are expecting them to probably follow the best guy on the other team around at some point in time. That's what you're Absolutely. expecting out of that. Right. Uh, a running back. If you draft him that high, you're expecting him to catch, do a lot of catching out the backfield, do a lot of running the ball as well. Do He's not going to be a, Oh, this is only a stretch guy. This is only, he can only play in gaps. No, you're going to play whatever scheme I need you to. If you're a running back, not drafting <laughs> you that high receivers, yep. the, the, the antithesis of the corner, you got to be able to play outside. Got to be able to play inside. Got to be able to make the red zone tough catches. Got to be able to make the mundane everyday catch. You got to be able to do it. But with him on the offensive line, a guy who can play all across the board, that's what you're looking at. That's what you're. That's what you're getting with him. So I, I think that there's a um, a big deal of of um, him going to the Panthers. Like I said, going home, going to a team that needed him. There's a big deal there. The only other NC State player drafted, Trenton Gill, the punter. Now this is a strange. This was a strange draft. We had what four punters taken? Is that a record? How many? What's the most punters ever taken? Every. That's a good question. I actually don't know the answer to that one. Everybody was obviously punt. Um, you know. The punk god, yeah, yeah the punk god, man. The they were, god. they were talking Matt Arise up all cycle, and he's the th- second or third punter off the board. Yeah, you know, he's at least yeah. he's at least the third specialist off the board, counting mm-hmm. the kicker too. Um, um, out of LSU, I think. So, yeah, and I, it was bizarre, man. And I mean, I didn't honestly didn't even know too much about Trenton to be honest with you. I was just like, because like. You know, it's I follow specialist. Yeah, specialist. We get it. You know I, mean? I, I know who Matt Ariza is. I know who the main specialists are that come out every year, but like the depth of specialists is not pertinent to my knowledge, usually. Right. To be honest right. With you. For sure. For <laughs> sure. Okay. So moving on past that, we yeah. had uh, now Ricky Person Jr., I kind of figured he was going to go undrafted. That wasn't a, a big surprise to me. Uh, I felt like, I felt like with the premium that was put on receivers, I felt like um, a Mecca was going to be taken, but this is also a really good class for receivers. Like everybody said, Oh, this is a bad draft class. No, it's a bad quarterback class. This class, exactly. if you were a tackle, Oh my God, this was a disgusting class to be in. Cause and think about it this way. We, we were just talking about Icky and the fact that you might've taken Neil over him. Both of those guys, if you just spread them out across the last five to 10 classes, both of those guys individually, they would probably be OT number one. In, in most of those classes, yeah. both of those guys. And we haven't even mentioned Charles Cross. So he's a really good player. He's a really good player. Yeah. So you you got it, it was a disgusting class to be that. And then wide receivers. My Lions took Jamison Williams, you know, shout out to the Lions doing their thing there. But Jamison Williams and in, in, in company, and you got all the really, really good receivers. Drake London, you got all the guys in the in the receivers class, and even like you said earlier, the depth of the receiver class to some extent was pretty good. And and so Emeka not getting drafted was a little bit more surprising as well. But just just talk to me about how you think both of those two situations played out and and were you at all surprised by both of them going undrafted? Yeah, it, it's really tough because I, I mean you mentioned the depth of both the classes. I'll even go one further. Last year the draft had about 650 players that were draft eligible. This year was over 2100 with the extra year of COVID. So there right. was three times as many players in this year's draft as there was last year. To kind of just put that into perspective, was I? I wasn't. I wasn't surprised about person because I know he is. He has dealt with some some injuries in the past some durability yeah. concerns right and i was hoping for because i'm actually pretty good friends with his agent so i was like i hope he gets drafted late unfortunately he does not get drafted late i do like the fact that he lands in baltimore though i, I think that's a team that you've seen 
the stable of running backs. I mean, they have J.K. Dobbins, who's a really good player, obviously, coming back from the injury. But they have kind of had guys kind of go in and out of that running back room a little bit. And, I mean, at times you'll see, like, Tyshawn Williams having, like, a 100-yard game. And then, you know, yeah. Gus Edwards all of a sudden has, like, a really nice game. So if he's able to latch on to a roster spot, I think it's a decent spot for him. Emeka Messi was probably the most surprising one out of out of sight of Zonovan Knight that went undrafted, you know, because mm-hmm. I think that he has – Everything you look for, I mean, he gave Andrew Boot Jr., who I was a big fan of this year, fits in that NCAA yes! game, like yes! fits. And that size, that length, I thought somebody would draft him just because he has just such a easy baseline to a roster spot. And he lands with the Ravens also, like Person did, where I'm looking at that spot and I'm like, that team does not have a ton of size at receiver. He might not be a guy that could play into the boundary and carve out a roster spot. He's going to have to play some special teams early on. But I think that he landed in a pretty good spot. So I was a little surprised him as he went on draft. I thought sixth, seventh round, somewhere in that ballpark. Because, again, baseline as a big-bodied boundary receiver with great hands, can win at the catch point. You need those types of players in your offense at times. Are, are they going to be high-volume guys? Maybe not all the time. But for a guy like him with how the game's changing, I, I think that he brings you a really good baseline is that. So I was surprised when Amezi with the background as far as person injury-wise was not t- very surprised with that one. But it was unfortunate. And, and Bam Knight as well. Can you talk about that situation, what you thought about yeah. Bam not getting drafted? That one was really bizarre to me because obviously he landed with the Jets as an undrafted free agent. I thought he was going to get drafted. I had talked to some people that, and this might be a product of just overpopulation, but there were there were teams with third or fourth round grades on Zonovan Knight. It wasn't right. like he was just this borderline draftable player where it made total sense. I think he was a player that, and I think that we didn't talk about this at all, and I don't think it just as a general public, we didn't talk about it enough. But the running back class was pretty deep this year. It like yeah. there wasn't a guy. I like yeah. I like Bruce Hall a ton. I thought maybe he can go late first round, but he ends up going early second. But there is a lot of depth to this class, and I think that that hurts Zonovan a little bit. In when we're talking about the regards to the depth of the position and the depth of the class, and he got pushed down. The Jets is a interesting fit because I think that they have now Bruce Hall as their lead back. They have a running back in Michael Carter, who's going to be more of a change in pace, third down type back. But then you have guys like LaMichael P. Ryan who have not caught you know, a, a, a good situation there, have not caught any momentum at part of the Jets. I think Zonovan Knight can go in there, and I think that he could press for play, for um, a roster spot early on in, in his career. So he was definitely surprised. He was the most surprised I was of the guy, some of the guys that went undrafted because I had been told, literally, third to fourth round grades. And for whatever reason, it might be because he didn't run quite as fast as people thought. He might hit the combine, but he fell in the class. But I think the Jets get a – a huge value there in UDFA territory. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, okay? I when I was when I was uh, younger, I I thought like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be a, a a broadcast journalist. I'm gonna be a sports analyst. So like, I need to know this stuff about the drafts. And I I heard there was one player that like broke my understanding of what I thought I knew about the draft at that time. That was the moment where I knew I don't know anything about any of this. Tim Tebow getting drafted in the first round. Okay, that was the moment because I like. I watched him at Florida and I thought to myself, huh, he's not that good. It's the Rainey guy. It's the Harvin guy. It's the Pouncey brothers. It's the, the Aaron Hernandez. It's, it's, yep. it's Riley Cooper. It's Brandon spikes. It's Joe Hayden. It's like, we could literally name NFL players from that team for all year, all day and tomorrow. But the thing that I found so interesting was that he still went in the first round. And yep. I believe it was either uh Mel Kuyper or Mike Mayock that says Mark Mayock that, was, is it Mark or Mike? Mike Mayak. Mike. Okay. Yeah. It, it was, he said something that I will like, it stuck with me forever. You don't need every team to love you. Just need one. 
That's true. And that's the part that confuses me about uh, both of those guys going to draft it. As far as Ricky Person, I mean, not Ricky Person, as far as Bam Knight and um, and Amezi, because Ricky Person Jr., he's a physical runner that's not that big, and he has durability issues. I understand. Yep. I get mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to be a physical runner, you either need to be really big and really durable or at least really durable. So, that, like, there's not any questions about you being a thumper is going to inevitably hurt you. But with the other two, I'm like, nobody thought enough about them? Really? That's, yeah. that's a little interesting. So, I mean, it's it's uh, with, with um, Peyton – with Peyton Wilson's injury, which that was a guy that we talked about uh, last time you were on the show about him potentially coming in and uh, being a first rounder, but obviously the durability concerns were not lessened by this season. That, that's <laughs> the, we can say that. Um, but with that being said, we're, we're going to be looking forward uh, to next year's draft class in just a second here. So stay with us folks. But before we do, I've got to talk to you all about betonline.net folks. It is NBA playoff time. Baseball is getting in full swing. I am telling you, this is the website to go to for all of the latest sports development, league reviews, and news this offseason for the NFL. And this is the place to be for all of your latest sports wagering information. Be it live betting, playoffs, esports, and more, visit the website today to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. So we're about to land this thing, but before we get out of here, looking forward to 2023, this is, you know, I, as an NC State fan, there are many times where you want to say, I hate it here, but seeing that um, we had a, a, a bunch of good players, really good players who in other drafts, when there was the average, like you said, because I didn't even consider that there were three times as many players coming out this year as they were in the past. But that that is great information to have there. But going forward, okay, this quarterback class was terrible. I think we can all agree to that. If Devin Leary were in this class, I think that he'd be as high as what? QB three, maybe two for some people? Yeah, yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. think, I think that that's about where he'd land for some. And yet, he comes out in the class with Stroud, Young, um uh, uh just a lot help me out here a lot of really Not, good yeah oh tyler van, tyler van dyke a and, lot of yeah. good quarterbacks a lot mm-hmm. of good quarterbacks all at the same time and the kid from arizona state who i'm i'm i think if he has a really really good season this year it's who knows the sky's the limit we've seen a lot of quarterbacks oh your team wins the conference all of a sudden you're going to be in the talk for a first rounder so um talk to me about where you think he will he will be projected out as or where he projects out as uh in next year's draft yeah no i mean i i think in a recent pro football focus mock draft and you know i, I don't take that stuff for gospel obviously this time of year i think they had Devin leary sneaking into the first round so i i, I don't think it's going to quite get to that degree and i'd be rooting for Devin because he's a new jersey guy like myself and he's one of the best high school players that i've ever seen and he, i mean he is just consistently since the injury um during his soft his retro sophomore year he has just been a fantastic player, man. Last year, he lit the world on fire. And he's a guy, though, that I want people to kind of have the preference that, like, that he is technically with the COVID year only going to be Richard Jr. So he might be in 2023. He might stick out or stick around for another year. Like, you never do know. But I think that Devin Leary 
if Bailey Zappi can go in the fourth round in this year's class, I think that that he can go higher than that because he's a fan, he's a really accurate quarterback, tough. He's got all the, like the attributes you want from a from just a per- personal perspective. I don't know if he's the most physically gifted player as far as arm strength in the world, but I think that he could be a day two quarterback next year because I think that he has just that a- he's an accurate, quick processing type of player, and he can win off script a little bit too, which I really like a lot too. So I think Devin Leary just has a natural feel to the quarterback position, and I think after you get past the top tier of the Stroud, Bryce Young, and then whoever fits into that first top tier, I think he's going to be that guy that in day two you're like, yes, I want to draft him to develop him because I think that there's something there with a the guy like a Devin Leary. I'll, I'll tell you what, Lions, <clears throat> if this golf kid doesn't work out, give him a call. Just think about <laughs> it. Just, I mean, Motor City, Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes, y'all know what y'all are doing. It ain't my, job. It ain't my call, but, you know, just think about it. Maybe, maybe give him a call. Uh, so, are there any other players on this NC State team that you're looking at that's like that you're like, hey, this guy coming out next year, he's a guy to watch. He could be a riser. He could uh, get drafted fairly early, fairly early or guys in general that you're like, I wouldn't be surprised to see a team take a late round fly run. Yeah, I think there's a lot of guys that could potentially be drafted next year. So if I'm working on a list real quick, Grant Gibson is a guy that people have known for a while, offensive uh, the center. Center. who is mm-hmm. a little bit of a shorter guy. He doesn't have the great length, but he's a pretty good athlete, good technician on the inside. So I don't know if he's going to be an early, like he's probably more going to be a day three type of player, but I think that that experience that he has, the toughness that he has, and then the movement skills he has, I think are all going to play into the NFL. There's a couple of wide receivers like Devin Carter, who I know is very interested going into his junior year. Thayer Thomas, who's played a little bit of special teams as well, kind of a, a really tough, kind of does a little bit of the dirty work there, wide receiver. So a couple of those guys to watch out for. Corey Durden's a guy on the defensive line who was a transfer from Florida State who the NFL likes. They have liked him for a while. 6'4", with length, long arms. He obviously needs to play consistently because he is a really talented player that just really hasn't put it all the way together. I thought he had a pretty solid year last year for NC State, but there's even a level that he can go higher. So looking Mm -hmm. forward to him. The linebackers are are players that, I mean, I've mentioned Peyton Wilson on this last year. He's not going to go first round just because of all the durability issues he's had, the the, the shoulder injuries are very troublesome. Recurring issues with shoulders as a linebacker is not a good thing. But, man, when we're talking about just in a vacuum as a player, fantastic player, man. Like, he really is. He's so long, so athletic, physical. I thought from twenty um, from 20, 2019, which I thought he was just kind of feeling the position out to 2020, I thought 2020 was fantastic film. So I'm hoping he could have a f- fully healthy season because I think that he can go somewhere on day two despite the injuries. But unfortunately, I just don't think first round is going to be in the conversation just because of the medical aspect of everything. But yeah. really good player. Isaiah Moore at the other line, inside linebacker. I know Drake Thomas actually had a really nice breakout year for them. I think he's going to be playing more of like a Sam linebacker type role. But Isaiah Moore is just physical guy you can depend on. I think he's going to play special teams at the next level. More of a day three player, but a guy to keep an eye on. Tanner Ingles, a guy that we talked about before in the secondary. Really small, but man, I think that he's a guy that can play some nickel. He can blitz a little bit. He's going to be a dynamic special teamer. So like, yes, draftable player, in my opinion, on day three, because he just brings such a baseline with the physicality and elect- like he just plays with such high effort. It's just such fun yeah. to watch for a smaller safety. And the guy that I'm really excited for to see how high he can rise is, is Shaheen Battle, the cornerback. He is long, man. 6'2 plus, 
long arms. Think he's, I don't think he's the fastest guy in the world, but I think from a press technique perspective, I think it's good stuff to work with. So the NFL tends to really go crazy for length. So I think he's more probably a day three guy going into the season. But if he has a big year and has some ball production, I wouldn't count it out that he's a little bit of a riser. So there's a lot of guys to talk about, man. I think there's a lot of draftable prospect for NC State next year. I have sounded like Groundhog Day talking about Devin Carter year after year, saying he's got all the tools. He's yep. got all the tools. He's he's a big body receiver who's good at high pointing the ball after the catch. He is good, and he has he has that type of speed where if he's even, he's leaving. He's shown it multiple times on film. It's not it's, like. It's- it's deceptive too, man, because he's so long, like you said, right? Like he's a taller guy. You're he kind of gets even with you, and you're just like, okay, he's not going to be this type of speed. But then he'll just run right. I mean, even leaving, like you just said, man, like he has that type of speed to him. And I'm gonna tell you, if if he ha- and I, I've said this multiple times, there is a lot of if thens with this team. Okay, if he has an amazing year, if he, I think that the problem with Devin Carter is a lot of concentration drops, a lot of like very mundane plays that he does not make but he makes the explosive he makes the the catch against Boston College one of the most incredible catches that most of NC State uh that most of Wolfpack Nation has ever seen and it, it, it that's who he is but if he learns and if he masters the mundane you know what I mean the the uh, I believe it was Lou Holtz who said that uh doing the extraordinary it, doing the extraordinary is just doing the ordinary things extra well right yes like those those concentration drops is turning the stove off it's very easy it's it's a little thing you think you do it every time the one time you don't you burn the house down like that's that's what we're looking at there so and we saw it last year in the miami game where uh a drop on third down by devin carter in essence cost us the game because that that if you catch that ball you're going to go off for at least uh five to ten more yards first down we move the change we keep the drop going but with that being said if he puts it all together and has a really good year this year, I've seen it with a bunch of other receivers that are in a similar ilk to him, like a, a Devin White. Who Devin, did Devin White go first round to the Kevin Bears? White? Kevin White, yeah, Kevin. yeah, yeah. He went first round. I mean, he ran like four three eight at the combine, and everyone was lost their minds. Yep, <laughs> Brashar Brashar Perriman, another guy yep. that just went exceptionally high, and it was just like, huh? But he's big body and he can run. Now, I don't think that Devin Carter is quite that fast, but but. When you look at what he can do on tape as far as high point in the football, I, I think that that's, that's what puts you in the uh, rarefied air, the combination of the speed and the ability to track the ball. So Thayer yeah. Thomas, Mr. Reliable, uh, that's a guy that, you know, he's he's like 7-Eleven, always open. He's going to yeah. find a way. <laughs> whatever is going on, whatever. And he's not sneaky athletic. He's just athletic. He's just right. athletic. <laughs> he just finds ways to get open. He, he, he gets away from you because his technique is good. But on the back end of that, he's fast enough to get away from you. He's not a he's not a burner by any means, but he's fast enough. When he gets that, when he works his move on you, when he gets that leverage on you, he's gonna get over. So I I 100 agree. There's a lot of a lot of guys who can go next year, but we'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, I I don't think that the draft pool will be as big as it was this year, right? Or will it still be because I, that technically another year of COVID guys. I think it's probably going to be a little bigger than last year's, but I, I would find it very hard to believe that it's going to be near the 2000 mark again, man. Like at some point this has to correct itself a little bit. Like I, I, I doubt it's that heavy again. And you know what I think is going to correct that a little bit, but we don't have time to talk about this today, but it's a conversation for us to have another time. I think the NIL deals are going to correct that because a lot yeah. of these players, like I think that a lot of these players have already been warned by their, their OGs, by the older guys who have already left. 
and who come back and tell them, listen, my agent told me that I, there was second round and, and third round grades. Of, I went undrafted. Yeah, I mean, and, and when they come back and tell them that, I think that these guys are going to look up and say, I mean, Jordan Addison has allegedly been offered $3 million by USC, $3 million in a house in Southern California. <laughs> now, for those of you who don't know, the housing market, you think it's crazy in North Carolina? Ooh, wee. Just wait until you hear about that Southern California place. It, it, the, I, the, those prices are so high. I heard, uh, I heard old girl from the good place screaming, this, this is the bad place. As soon as I saw the prices. So, um, the, the reality is if, if what they're talking about with Mario Addison has sort of a, a trickle down effect, not in that his money will trickle down, but obviously in that teams are looking around saying, Oh, we need big deal. If Oklahoma is serious about, paying every player 50K. If Texas is keeping at it with paying all their offensive linemen 25K minimum, I think that we will start to see like more of these players be like, eh, what would I leave for? Why would I go to potentially be drafted in the fifth or sixth round and not make any money, maybe not make the roster, maybe be it, no offense to this league, maybe be in the USFL or arena football in a year from now, as opposed to, chilling at college for an extra year. You know what I mean? Like, sure, I got to take a, a few master class, master's courses or whatever, but you pay me 300000 to do it. I'll be a studying fool. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so I, I think that NIL could have a, a correction on that. And uh, we don't have time to have that full conversation, but we're going to end it here. Ryan, tell them where they can find your work, man. Yeah, uh, you can go to Rise and Draft uh, on Twitter, and you can find anything draft-related at riseanddraft.com, or you can go to irishbreakdown.com if you also like recruiting. Uh, so I kind of cover a little bit of everything. So, But for the draft pertinent stuff, riseanddraft.com is definitely the best place to go. Now, listen, NC State fans have a little problem with Notre Dame because y'all took Lou Holtz from <laughs> us. You know? We, we yep. haven't quite forgiven y'all for that yet. But That's a long but, time ago, man. It was a long time you, ago. You know, I, I wasn't even – neither one of us were alive then. I don't think either right. one of us were, were alive and moving. I, but, 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 that you see, you distracted me. See, this is what the Irish do. They're, they're tricky, the, the, the fighting Irish. But, you know, no, seriously, though, I like Freeman a lot. I, I wish you all the best of success whenever you're playing anybody outside of NC State, of course. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Ryan. And Wolfpack Nation, thank you all for coming out. You all make this show what it is. I appreciate it. I'm going to keep trying to bring on guests, keep trying to keep this thing exciting for you. Peace and love, y'all. And as always, go Pack. You are Locked On Wolfpack. Your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. We'll